Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the Church RC or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thechurchrc.com. Or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app, available for free wherever you download your apps. Now here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Come on. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have people that listen from all over the world. It's amazing to see. I think we have 18 countries that listen on a regular basis. Isn't that technology is amazing, right? It's incredible. And, uh, and so it's just, uh, it's, in, it's always amazing to see Crystal pulls up the numbers and tells us, hey, we have somebody listening from here and they listen on a regular basis. And so it's just incredible to see what God is doing. You asked for it. Kicks off today. And uh, the number one asked question that you asked for, not that I asked for, because I struggled with this message, but the number one asked question was, how do I have faith in hard times? How do I have faith in hard times? times. First Peter six, uh, one, six through seven, first Peter one, six through seven. We're going to jump into today's message. Pray for me. This is not an easy message to preach in 30 minutes, but I'm going to try to get it done. First Peter one, six through seven says, so be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many, come on, somebody say many, many. come on, say many. many, many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, come on, somebody say many, many. it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Lord, right now, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 How do you have faith in hard times? You know, it's, that's the question, really. How do you have faith in hard times? It's easy to have faith when things are easy. Come on, when your bills are paid, when your marriage is good, when your kids ain't acting crazy, when everything's going good at work, you just got the promotion. Faith comes easy in those times, but when it gets to be hard and when it gets to be difficult is when we face hard times. Crystal and I were uh, recently were in Hawaii uh, celebrating our 16th wedding anniversary. We had an ama- amazing couple in our church who have a timeshare and they gave us their timeshare. Uh, and I just throw that out there just in case any of y'all have something like that that you would like to impart <laughs> to your pastors. We will, we, will re- we will receive them to bless you. Amen. And, uh, but no, it was awesome. It was amazing. If you've never been to Hawaii, you're missing out. It, it really is called paradise and it's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's amazing. And now at this point, I'm just rubbing it in. And, uh, but I will say this, it's expensive. And uh, anyways, but we were enjoying, uh, we'd been there a few days. And after a few days, usually when I'm somewhere away from Texas, I miss Mexican food. 
Mexican food, I need Mexican food to survive. Like I literally need it to survive. If I don't have some fajitas and flour tortillas and chips and salsa, I don't know what they put in chips and salsa. I'm pretty sure it's crack. (laughs) You can't resist chips and salsa. It's laid out for you to tempt you to be fatter. And I don't appreciate it, but I, I do appreciate it at the same time. But, you know, so we, we found this place and it was really good Mexican food. It was really, actually really great. And we were eating breakfast and what was really cool about it, even though it was, it was about two or 300 yards from the beach, but the, you could still see the ocean. You could still see the beach. And so we were sitting on the balcony. We were enjoying huevos rancheros. It was good. We were having some good food. We were, we were enjoying conversation. We were taking it easy and we were watching people. Anybody else like to watch people, especially on the beach? There's nothing like watching people on the beach. Here's what I don't understand is why all of a sudden most people that obviously do not work out, you can tell that they don't work out, feel the need to work out on the beach. Like I don't work out privately, but I'm going to work out publicly. It's like, just sit down in the lawn chair, dude. Do what you always do and sit down. It's what I do. It's what you should do. Amen. And uh, now I'm being obviously being judgmental. And, uh, but, but we were sitting there, we were enjoying the, the scenery. We were just enjoying everything. And we saw this older couple and there's something about an older couple when they, come on, you see them, they're about late seventies and they're walking along and they're holding hands. And it, it's a married couple. You always think, oh, one day that's gonna be me and you, you know? And that's just, it's just awesome. And, uh, and you're sitting there and we were watching them and they make their waves uh, the way out into the ocean and they're, they're sitting there. And all of a sudden we watch in horror as a rogue wave comes in and wipes this 80 year old couple out. Now I'm talking, you know, there's, there's one thing to get like hit by a wave and oh no, no, I'm talking about body parts just everywhere. Like there's no control. You know what I mean? You ever been hit by a wave and lose? I mean, like you don't know which way's up, which way's down. You have no clue what's going on. There's sand in places there shouldn't be sand. You're making pearls. Three days later, something pops out. You go, hey, what's that? There's a crab living. I don't know what happened. Where he got, how'd he get there? Rogue wave, right? Everybody's been there. Second service, anything can happen, y'all. Anything can happen in second service. But this rogue wave hits them, knocks them down, knocks them flat. And I'm like, oh man, I'm not one of these people that laugh when people fall or I actually, Crystal does, but I actually feel bad for you. I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Like, it's everything all right? She's like, <laughs> that's not, you would think it would be the opposite, but it's not the, it's not the way it works. And, and so I was like, oh my gosh, they just got wiped out. Well, they're trying to get up. You know, they finally get oriented on which way's up, which way's down. And they're trying to get on their feet and another wave hits them, wipes them out again. And, and I'm like, Oh man, that's bad. You know, and I'm two or 300 yards away and I'm up on a balcony eating breakfast and I, and I watch them get wiped out. And then I'm thinking, Oh man. So they, they, they're okay. And they get up on their feet and another wave hits them. And this keeps happening. And at first it was like, oh my gosh, that's so, but now then I see panic from 300 yards away. I can see panic in their face because they, it's, it's relentless. 
Like it just, every time they get, they catch their breath and they're starting to get on their feet, another wave hits them. And you can tell, come on, they're they're wondering, are we going to get out of this? Like, are we, and I'm, and I'm sitting around going and people are just walking along. I'm like, would somebody please help this old couple? Can you not see that they keep getting wiped out over and over and over again? Finally, somebody goes down and helps them up and gets them out. And I mean, you can, he gets out and he's doing this, like trying to catch his breath on the beach. And I was like, man, that's bad. And even though that's a horrible scene, Sometimes it's the best one that paints the best picture of how life feels sometimes. Because sometimes it's like everything is going along and everything is going smooth and everything is awesome in life and you're enjoying beauty and splendor and it's incredible and you're in paradise and everything is awesome. And then all of a sudden a rogue wave comes out of nowhere. You didn't see it coming. You didn't plan for it. You didn't know it was, uh, it was on its way. And all of a sudden it hits you and you are wiped out and you think, okay, I'm going to get over this. I'm going to, it's going to be okay. And as soon as you try to get up on your feet, another wave comes out of nowhere and takes you out again. And it seems like that if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. And the more you try to get up, the more it seems to wipe you out and you wonder if you're going to survive. There's a fear if I'm going to make it, am I going to make this thing? Like if these waves keep coming my way, if this thing keeps hitting me like it's hitting me, am I going to make it out of this? Maybe you've never been there. And I want to talk to you today because let me just tell you something that maybe you're like, I don't know, I have a clue what you're talking about. You need to listen to this message because one day you will. One day you'll know, unfortunately, we live in a fallen world. And here's the thing is that because we live in this earth, there are things that happen to all of us. That It's just the way it is. There's going to be a time when a rogue wave hits you and you need to know that it's coming. It's going to happen. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to be negative. It's just the way life is. In John 16, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome. In me, you will have trouble. I mean, in the world, you will have trouble. That's just the way it is. That's the way life goes. But the second group of people that I want to talk to today are people that are in the middle of a hard time. Right now, you're going through hell on earth. Right now, you've had a wave that has hit you and has wiped you out. And you think, man, am I going to make it out of this? You didn't see it coming. You didn't know it was going to happen. You didn't, you didn't know the company was going to have cutbacks and you were going to lose your job. You didn't know that that bill was going to come out of nowhere and you were going to all of a sudden be in financial distress. You didn't know that your spouse was going to file for divorce. Come on. You knew things were a little rocky, but you didn't know it was that bad. And you're in the middle of a trial. You're in the middle of a difficult season. You're hurting. You're lost. You don't know which way's up and which way's down. And it seems like the hits keep coming. I hope today that I can encourage you to stand firm. 
I hope today that I can encourage you to stay the course. I hope today that I can encourage you to keep moving forward. Because that's the thing is, great faith comes when life doesn't make sense. And a lot of times we get so caught up in the why that we lose focus on God. And God is so good at turning things around for us that a lot of times we blame him for the things that happen in our lives. You know, Peter is talking to a group of people. We just read this passage of scripture and, and, you, and a lot of times we just read the Bible and we think, oh yeah, well that's cool. Yeah, you know, there are many trials. But what we have to understand is that Peter is writing to a group of Christians in Rome. And this group of Christians, when he says trials, he means like, serious persecution. Like we can't even wrap our minds around it. Not it's a little hot in the sanctuary, like serious persecution. Like, I mean, real hard times. And just before we get into this, I don't want you to think for a moment that I'm making light of anything that you're going through because pain is pain, right? It doesn't matter if I look at it and go, well, get over it. It doesn't matter. Pain is pain. And we all hurt and we all have difficulties and we all go through things. So don't think for a moment I'm saying, oh, well, you need to be like the Christians in the Bible. I'm telling you that this is who he's writing to. He's writing to people who are being persecuted on a whole nother level. They were uh, in, in Rome and Nero was the was the guy who was ruling over them. Now you gotta understand something. Nero was an evil evil human being. I mean, he was evil, not like a bad person. Like he was truly evil. He would, uh, he actually killed his own mother, murdered her. You think your kids are bad? He didn't like his wife because she didn't please him. So he killed her and then killed his second wife as well. This guy is bad. He's not a good guy. He had this incredible thirst for building. He loved to build things. Well, Rome was built out. And so what he did, most, most historians believe that he started a fire. So that, because he went to the council and wanted to build some more. They said, no, it's already built out. We don't need any more buildings. And, and he wanted to build. And so he started a fire to wipe out the whole city so that he could build again. And when they found out that he had done it, they pointed the finger at him and he said, no, 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 no. It wasn't me. It was the Christians that did it because he already hated Christians. He already wanted to persecute Christians. And this just gave him more license to do evil. What he would do is, and since they believed him, not because he had evidence, but just because they believed him, they said, okay, Christians did it. It gave him a license to go after Christians on a whole nother level. For dinner entertainment, Nero would be sitting around eating dinner. He would put a dead animal skin on a Christian, put them in a cage and release wild dogs on them to be mauled to death. All while he's eating roast beef hanging out, dinner entertainment. He would, uh, he would take Christians and dip them over and over and over again in hot wax until they had a really heavy layer on it. He would tie them to a post, light them on fire to light up his dinner parties. This guy is sick. He's evil, right? 
And here's the deal is that this is who Peter is writing to. A lot of times we think, oh, well, yeah, you got some trials. You know, you got some difficulties. No, here's the thing. This is who Peter is writing to. These are people that are real people. They have real moms. They have real dads. They have real kids. They have real brothers. They have real sisters. This is who he's writing to when he writes, hey, so be truly glad. There's a wonderful joy ahead of you. What? Peter, what are you on, man? Like, even though you got some trials going on, they're just for a little while. See, the reason why Peter is writing to them when they're facing this kind of adversity and they're going through this hard time is because he knows the one thing the enemy is after. He is after their faith. Because he knows, here, here's the thing, is that's what the enemy wants more than anything. He doesn't really care about your tires. He doesn't really care about a, a, a lot. He doesn't care about your job. The thing is, is that he wants your faith. And so he's sitting there, he's going, hey, listen, just keep going. I want your faith to remain. Don't give way. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. Don't give up. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. I know you're going through hell on earth. I know everything seems like it's never going to let up, but just make sure your faith remains. Because that's what the enemy wants more than anything is he wants your faith. Faith is powerful. Belief is powerful. It's the most powerful thing God gave you. Our ability to believe accomplishes great things. The fact that we believed is the reason why we're America. You with me? The reason Ford believed is because we, we all drive a car today, right? Because he believed in something different. Belief is powerful. And if, if the enemy can get you to disbelieve or walk away from God, he knows that he has won. And he says this, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. Now, here's the thing. It is the, if there is a genuine faith, that must mean that there is a false faith. If there's a real faith, it must mean that there's a fake faith. Are you with me? And I think a lot of times we misinterpret faith. We, we see faith and then it's, it wasn't really faith to begin with. And a few of those faiths are number one, inherited faith. And I'll tell you this, inherited faith is, well, my mom and dad took me to church, which there's nothing wrong with. Parents, take your kids to church. But my mom and dad took me to church, and so I always went to church, and my grandparents were Christians, and my great-grandparents were Christians, and my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents were Christians. Like, this is the thing, and, but then when there's a time when you get to make a choice, and I see this over and over again, when they get to make a choice, they walk away. And we go, well, why? It's because they never really had an encounter with Jesus. They've been to church, but here's the thing, is that inherited faith will not be sustained. It's one of those things that people walk away. They say, statistically, 80% of kids, when they go to college, will stop going to church. Why? Because they never had a real encounter with Jesus. That's why over and over again in our youth ministry, we want you not to have a fun experience. We want you to have an encounter with Jesus because when you have an encounter with Jesus, it changes everything. 
Playing chubby bunny didn't change my life. Encountering Jesus changed my life. If you want to be entertained, go somewhere else. Get entertainment anywhere. The world's doing it 10 times better than we're doing it. But man, they cannot ever duplicate an encounter with Jesus. It's not flying, tears running down, Jesus changing your life. Inherited faith isn't real faith. Now here's the thing, it's just because they walk away doesn't mean that they don't come back. The second kind of faith that's not real remaining faith is shallow faith. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 13. He says, they hear the word and they receive it gladly, but because their roots aren't deep, they don't last long. And I'll tell you that I see this more times than I care to ever see it. People come in, they hear a word, man, they're so excited, they're pumped. They're on fire. It's incredible. I'm going to, man, I'm going to serve G. And then what happens is, is they slowly but surely begin to walk away from God. Six months down the road and they're nowhere to be found. They're, they're, you look around and where'd they go? That's why we always push you as pastors to get into community group. That's why we always push you to go to next steps because here's the thing, Sunday isn't enough. Life is going to come your way and you need to help people and people need to help you because guess what? It takes time to grow deep roots and life is gonna come your way and everything is gonna try to uproot you and get you to move away and run away from the things of God. That's why it's so important for you to get plugged in and keep grounded in a church. Because faith takes time to grow deep. The third thing, the third thing is this, it's conditional faith. These are the people that as long as everything is going like I want it to go, everything is smooth and the road is perfect, and God's doing everything that I'm asking him to do, I'm in. But the moment something happens that I don't like, I'm out. Again, they point their finger at God, blame him and walk away. It's a conditional faith. Here's the thing is that that relationships are sustained through good times and bad times. And here's the deal is conditional faith does not last. Then there's a faith that remains. God, when it's hard, God, when everything's smooth, God, when everything is going like I I want it to go and when everything is going completely wrong, I keep worshiping, I keep glorifying you, I keep standing strong. My faith is not conditional. It stands the test of times. You know, the thing is, is that hard times come to us all. Trials, happened to every one of us. I wish I could say, nope, as soon as you become a Christian, you're good. That's what, that's what people think. And sometimes that's the message that gets preached, right? Is as soon as you become a Christian, life is roses. Nothing ever happens. Everything is good. You walk on streets of gold. 
But that's not the way it is, right? Because the truth is, is again, we live in a fallen world. The Bible says that it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. That means it rains on Christians and it rains on non-Christians. But the difference is, is when it rains on a Christian, God can use that rain to cause you to grow. That's what's amazing about rain, right? Is it causes things to grow. But here's the deal is that we got to understand that it rains on everybody. Life happens. And there are times when life comes at you and a wave hits you and you go, man, is, is God even there? I've asked that question. God, are you there? Hello? Do you even see what's going on? Do you see what's happening in my life? As my dad is struggling to breathe with congestive heart failure and I'm watching him die before my eyes. God, are you there? Hello? When your son is being taken in an ambulance because he's got to go to ICU right after he's born, God, are you there? You say you're a healer. Are you there? Do you hear what I'm asking you to do when your sister wakes up every day in excruciating pain because her back is so messed up? And you watch her struggle just to take a step. God, are you there? Am I the only one? God, are you there? Sometimes life has a way of knocking you down and hitting you and over and over and over again. God, do you hear my prayers? Do you see my hurt? Do you see my pain? Do you see what I'm going through? And I can honestly say this, church, that I've been through a lot of things and I've, my faith has remained. And I can honestly say this, that God is good even when life is bad. God is good even when life is bad. We live in a bad world. We live in a, a world where good things happen to be, uh, good people. We live in a world where things just go wrong. But here's the thing is that God is good even when life is bad. The second thing I know is this, that God didn't send it, but he can redeem it. I don't believe for a moment that God sends disease. I don't believe for a moment that God sends divorce. I don't believe for a moment, and I want you to hear me on this, that God sends bad things. The Bible says that the devil comes to kill, to steal, and destroy, but God has come to give life and life more abundantly. Also, come on, let's go. Matthew 7, 9 through 11 says, Jesus is talking. He says, what man among you, if a son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you being evil... You're, you're evil according to how good God is. And you're good, but you're evil compared to how good God is. If you being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more does your heavenly father give good things to those who ask? Let me ask you a question. Maybe I'm out there, maybe I'm wrong, but last time I checked, sickness is not good. Cancer is not good. Death is not good. Come 
Divorce is not good. Losing your job is not good. So here is what I know is that if it ain't good, it ain't God. And stop pointing the finger at a good God and saying, God, you sent this. No, here's the thing is God didn't send it, but he can redeem it. He can take whatever pain you're going through, whatever hurt you're going through, and he can turn it around. You're going to be stronger. You're going to come out stronger in the end if you just stay steady. Isaiah 54, 17 says this, no weapon formed against you will prosper. But here's the thing is it didn't say that the weapon wouldn't be formed. It didn't even say that the weapon wouldn't be fired. But it did say that it wouldn't prosper. And so when you have something that comes against you, when something is firing at you, when something rises against you, you have this promise that you can stand on God. Your word says that it will not prosper. God, I know you didn't send it but I know that you can change it. I know you can redeem it. I know that you can make something good out of it because God, you are good even when life is bad. Every one of us go through trials. Every one of us go through pain. Every one of us go through hurt. You didn't do anything wrong. God's not punishing you. It just makes you human. We all go through hard times. We all go through trials. I also know this, that in the middle of a trial, everything will scream at you to run from God. But you shouldn't run from God, you should run to God. You never run from the thing that sustains you. You don't run from the thing that can sustain you. I've seen it happen too many times where people run away from a God who cares, a God who loves them. Horatio Spafford was a, a man who lived in Chicago. He was actually a lawyer, Christian guy. He's best known for writing a song called, a famous hymn called, It Is Well. Most of us have heard that song probably at some point and sometime in our lives. But what most people don't know is how he came to write that song. See, there was a, a massive fire that had destroyed Horatio's business in Chicago. Uh, the Chicago fires, most people have heard that. Well, it destroyed, it wiped out his practice, it wiped out everything. He, it, it seemed like life kept happening and hits kept coming. So his wife suggested a fresh start. Let's go to Europe. Let's go do something different and let's, let's change it up a little bit. And so, okay, yeah, let's do that. Well, some business came up and he had to, he had to stay behind. He sent his wife and four daughters ahead of him. He had to stay back and do some business and do some work, finish some things up. Well, his wife and daughters are headed to Europe and there is a massive boating accident and the ship goes down. His wife is the only one that survives. His four daughters perished. She sent a, a, a telegram when she got to Europe that said, saved alone, that's all it said. He read this, he's devastated. He just lost his four daughters. 
He gets on the next ship. He's headed to Europe. The captain knows what's happened, knows where the ship went down and says, hey, here's the deal is we're coming up on it. I'm gonna kill the engines and give you a minute to say your goodbyes. Just to give you a moment. And as he passes over the place where his daughters perished, he penned the words, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It's not well with my circumstances. It's not well with what's going on in my life, but there is a place that I can run. There is a refuge that I can run to. There is a strong tower in times of pain, in times of hurt, in times of devastation. I can run to a God of peace when I need peace. God, you didn't cause it. You didn't send it. I know this, you can redeem it. Whatever my lot, whatever life throws at me, my faith remains. I stand firm. I know the enemy is telling me to quit, to throw in the towel, to give it up, to just just quit on everything. But my faith remains. When hard times come, I keep standing. No matter what life throws. God, you're good. Even when life is bad, even when times are hard, even when things don't go my way, God, you're good. You know, Psalm 23 is a very famous psalm. David writes this, says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. In verse four, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God, you are with me. What's so amazing about this is that the same God that's with you in the green pastures is the same God that leads you beside the still waters. And he's the same God that's with you in the dark seasons of life. He didn't leave you. He didn't forsake you. He didn't walk you into it. He's walking you out. And here's the thing. The temptation is to walk away from the God who's leading you through. And if you'll let him, he will keep leading you through. He is not saying this is your lot. This is where you will remain. This is where I've called you to be. No, he says, I know it's a dark season. I know it's a hard time. And if you let me, I'm taking you to something greater. The dark season is not your destination. He's taking you through. every head bowed, every eye closed. God, there's some people in here and their faith is wavered. Doesn't make them bad. Makes them human. God, right now, we thank you 
for restoring our faith. God, for people that have been tempted to walk away, they've been going through hard seasons. They're going through a painful time in their life. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen them. God, I pray that their faith would remain, that they would not walk away from the God who's leading them through. God, I pray, Lord, even as the word says that you are close to the brokenhearted. God, I pray that you would draw near to them as they draw near to you. God, I pray that your love would would overwhelm them. God, I pray that their joy would remain. God, I pray that peace would come upon them like a river. God, I pray that their hands would be strengthened. God, I pray that the hurt would be healed. At the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to contribute financially, you can go online to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com.